The timing of events on the night of October 11, 1969, has been the subject of debate for decades. Those who argue that Don Falk and Eric Zelms did not stop the Zodiac point to the narrow window of opportunity as reason to believe that there was not enough time. Falk's accusers claim that he and Zelms had plenty of time to stop the Zodiac. Officer Pelissetti said that he was nearby when he heard the radio call and responded at 9.58 p.m. In several interviews with many individuals, including myself, Pelissetti stated that he arrived on the scene, talked with a witness, saw the body in the cab, and then proceeded north on Cherry Street toward Jackson Street. Officer Falk said that he and Officer Zelms were also nearby when he heard the radio broadcast. Falk claimed that he saw the suspect as he was driving west on Jackson Street. The narrow margin of time leaves little room for the encounter described by the Zodiac. In the Zodiac's version of the story, the patrol car pulled up and one of the officers called him over to ask if he saw anyone acting suspicious or strange. The Zodiac responded that he saw a man running and waving a gun. The police officers then sped off around the corner as the killer directed. This exchange must have lasted at least 10 seconds, if not longer. This exchange would also be much longer in any scenario where the officers actually climbed out of the patrol car, walked to the killer, talked, ran back to the car, and then sped off. The Zodiac himself claimed that this exchange occurred approximately three minutes after he left the crime scene. A video of the Zodiac's possible escape route shows that an individual can walk at a slow and casual pace from the intersection of Washington and Cherry Streets to the intersection of Jackson and Maple in less than three minutes. One of the witnesses saw the Zodiac walking north to the intersection of Jackson and Cherry Streets. The witness told Pelissetti that the Zodiac was walking north on Cherry Street, so Pelissetti followed. Pelissetti claimed that he encountered Falcon Zelms by the time he reached Jackson Street. The witness account and Pelissetti's statements leave virtually no time for any significant encounter between Falk, Zelms, and the Zodiac. The timing indicated that the story of the Zodiac stop was not compatible with the known facts, common sense, or logic. Even in an implausible scenario where the officers did stop and talk to the Zodiac, they had no reason to withhold this information, and doing so would endanger other officers. Falcon Zelms had nothing to gain by withholding this information, yet Pelissetti claimed that Falk did not mention stopping anyone. According to Pelissetti, Falk and Zelms were not speeding as the Zodiac claimed. The Zodiac was capable of lying about this or any other detail, so his account cannot be accepted as fact. The witness statement that the victim's head was on or near the killer's lap indicated that the killer may have had a noticeable amount of blood on his clothing. Photographs taken at the crime scene show that Stein bled profusely in the moments after he was shot in the head. Falcon Zelms would most likely notice blood on the man's clothing during a face-to-face -face encounter. 
a man with blood on his lap and other areas of his body would most likely be reluctant to engage in a face-to-face -face encounter with armed police officers responding to the scene of a murder. A witness also said that the Zodiac lingered at the crime scene long enough to walk to the driver's side and wipe a cloth or rag on that side of the cab. The witness reportedly went downstairs and watched the killer for some time before he opened the door, walked into the street, and observed the killer walking north on Cherry Street. According to this witness, Pelissetti and his partner arrived as the killer most likely reached Jackson Street. By this timing of events, the radio broadcast description of the killer occurred while the killer was still at the crime scene. By this timing, the Zodiac was approximately one minute ahead of Officer Pelissetti, who stated that the three witnesses were approaching the cab when he arrived. By this version of events, the phone call to police had ended since all three witnesses were already in the street. Don Falk claimed that the sighting of the Zodiac occurred at the intersection of Jackson and Maple Streets, approximately one block northeast of the crime scene. Pelissetti offered conflicting accounts. According to Pelissetti's interview in 2007, he was already at the intersection of Jackson and Maple Streets when Falcon Zelms arrived at that intersection. When I interviewed him in 2006, Pelissetti stated that the encounter occurred at the intersection of Jackson and Cherry Streets. Pelissetti would have seen the encounter with the Zodiac, but he told me that he did not see Falcon Zelms talking to anyone. The Zodiac claimed that the police sped off around the corner meaning that the alleged encounter must have taken place further east on Jackson Street. By Pelissetti's account, Falcon Zelms had just seen the Zodiac and took off speeding down half a block to find Pelissetti. The stories told by the witness, Officer Pelissetti and Don Falk, do not make sense in a scenario where Falcon Zelms stopped the Zodiac. Those seeking a reason to explain how the Zodiac had escaped justice were quick to blame San Francisco police and other investigators. The notion that police had actually stopped the Zodiac and let him go fueled conspiracy theories with police cast as incompetent villains. These assumptions served the Zodiac's purposes, leaving police to disprove a sensational claim accepted as fact. The Zodiac story was accepted by many due to its simplicity and the assumption that the murderer was being honest. The transparently self-serving version of events showed the killer in control and fooling police. But the Zodiac story also raised other questions. According to the accepted version of events, San Francisco police dispatchers broadcast an incorrect description of the killer as a black male. Falcon Zelms reportedly heard this broadcast before they allegedly saw and stopped the white male suspect near Jackson and Maple Streets. Falk or Zelms allegedly asked the suspect if he had seen anyone acting suspicious or strange. The suspect then replied, yes, there was this man who was running by waving a gun. According to the killer, the police car then peeled rubber and went around the corner as directed. If Falcon Zelms were approaching from the east, then they were headed west on Jackson Street. The next corner 
was at Jackson and Cherry Streets, one block north of the crime scene. A right turn on Cherry Street would send the police car into a dead end where Cherry Street is cut off by a wall. A left turn onto Cherry Street would send the police car straight towards the crime scene. According to the account told by Officer Pelissetti and Officer Falk, the police car stopped at the corner of Jackson and Cherry Streets. This would place the police car at one end of the street and the Zodiac at the opposite end. According to Palisetti's version of events, Falk did not mention seeing the man at the opposite end of the block, despite the fact that this man was apparently an eyewitness who had actually seen the armed killer escaping on foot. In this scenario, Falk and Zelms decided not to tell another police officer about an armed suspect in the immediate vicinity, and they decided not to share this important information with their fellow officers during the time it took them to drive one block. According to the popular conspiracy theory, Falk coerced Zelms into covering up the Zodiac sighting. In that scenario, Falk must have convinced Zelms to remain silent during the few seconds which passed as they traveled from the scene of the Zodiac sighting to the corner where they met Palisetti. Zelms did not tell Palisetti that the suspect was armed and in the immediate vicinity. Zelms never mentioned this to anyone that night and endangered the lives of every police officer and every citizen in the area. Falcon Zelms had an obligation to report the witness and the gunman, despite the perceived or imagined consequences. This was standard procedure, and Falcon Zelms had no reason to lie about a sighting which occurred seconds earlier. An eyewitness who had seen the suspect was crucial to any investigation, even if Falcon Zelms had dismissed the man. They had no reason to conceal the existence of this witness especially when doing so endangered the lives of fellow officers and their own lives, as well as the investigation itself. Instead of sharing that information and setting off in search of the suspect with other officers, Falcon Zelms remained silent and sat in the parked patrol car talking to Palisetti about anything but the most important information they had just learned from an eyewitness who had just seen the suspect running near the crime scene with a weapon. Palisetti said that he arrived on the scene and witnesses told him that the killer had just walked north on Cherry Street. Palisetti claimed that he walked north on Cherry Street in search of the killer and was on the corner of Jackson and Cherry Streets when Falcon Zelms arrived in the police car. If this timing of events was even remotely accurate, the scenario left virtually no room for the alleged stop of the Zodiac by Falcon Zelms. The Zodiac claimed that the encounter with police occurred approximately three minutes after he left the cab. Accounting for the time required to walk the distance between the crime scene and the location of the alleged Zodiac stop left little time for any encounter with Falcon Zelms. If the Zodiac did direct the officers and sent them speeding down the block, Falcon Zelms raced toward Palisetti in a few seconds while deciding not to tell Pelissetti or anyone else about the man they had just stopped and freed, even though he did not match the description, had seen the suspect, and was a vital witness who could possibly identify the killer. 
The Zodiac story also raised other troubling questions. According to the official story, the police dispatchers mistakenly broadcast an inaccurate description of the suspect as a black male. Falcon Zelms reportedly heard this broadcast before encountering the Zodiac. In the Zodiac's version of events, the officers did not ask if he had seen a black man. The obvious question for officers who are responding to the scene of a crime in search of a black suspect. Instead, the officers allegedly asked about anything suspicious or strange, an odd and vague question in a life-and-death situation during the search for an armed suspect in an upscale residential neighborhood. Falcon Zelms were not looking for anything suspicious or strange. They were responding to the scene of a crime and looking for a black man. In his interview for the 2007 documentary, This is the Zodiac Speaking, Armand Pelissetti stated that he encountered Falcon Zelms, and Falk asked, Did you see anybody? Do you know anything about where the suspect could be? Pelissetti's statement made no sense if the Zodiac's story was true. The Zodiac claimed he told the officers that the suspect was last seen running down the street waving a gun, and that the two officers then sped off in search of the gunman. If the story was true, Falcon Zelms had already seen someone, and they already knew something about where the suspect could have gone. In the scenario offered by the Zodiac and endorsed by Falk's critics, including Pelissetti, Falk and Zelms had no reason to ask Pelissetti if he knew where the suspect could be, since they already knew the answer to that question. Falcon Zelms reportedly heard a police broadcast which described the suspect as a black male. In the Zodiac's version of events, the officers asked if he had seen anything suspicious or strange and did not ask about a black man. The Zodiac claimed that he told police he had seen a man running and waving a gun. The Zodiac claimed that the officers listened to the story about a man with a gun and then sped off but the officers had no description of the suspect. Without more information about the man and a description of his appearance, officers gained no further information than they had known before encountering the witness. Falcon Zelms learned that the man was armed, but they likely already considered that possibility. The most logical question from Falk and or Zelms would have been, what did this man look like? Without a description of the gunman, Falcon Zelms learned nothing and wasted valuable time by stopping and talking to a man who did not match the description of the suspect and did not provide a description of the suspect. According to the Zodiac's account, police did not ask him about a black man and they did not ask for a description of the man described by the Zodiac. Some speculation may propose that the Zodiac did provide a description, but did not mention that part of the exchange in his letter. That scenario raised even more troubling questions. The Zodiac could not have known about the inaccurate description of the suspect broadcast by police, unless he was carrying a police radio with him during his escape. Without that information, whatever description provided by the Zodiac would appear incorrect unless he, too, 
mistakenly described the suspect as a black man. Falcon's Elms were looking for a black man, but the most logical assumption would be that the Zodiac did not know about this mistake. If the Zodiac had described a white man, Falcon's Elms, who were looking for a black man, would most likely conclude that the man was wrong or that a second armed suspect was loose in the neighborhood. In that scenario, reporting that information to other officers was vital to catching the suspects and protecting the lives of other officers. Two suspects posed an even greater threat to the responding officers, so concealing this important information made no sense and would be incredibly irresponsible. In this scenario, Falcon Zelms conspired to conceal this information from Pelissetti during the few seconds between the Zodiac stop and meeting Pelissetti. Falcon Zelms had no reason to conceal this important information, even if they had stopped the Zodiac, because he did not match the broadcast description. Don Falk claimed that he was surprised when he read Robert Graysmith's book Zodiac and saw the story that police stopped the killer presented as uncontested fact. In a subsequent television interview, Bauk told his story and stated that he did not stop the suspect. More than a decade later, Bauk was interviewed for another television documentary and once again refuted the story of a Zodiac stop. Several years later, Bauk appeared in another documentary and repeated his denials. Some critics claim that Falk's seemingly conflicting statements or his failures to accurately recall certain details of that night are indications that he is lying. Even if Don Falk made conflicting statements or failed to recall certain details, the fact remains that all of the implausible scenarios, problems, and contradictions in the cover-up story would still exist. Falk's apparently conflicting statements or his poor memory cannot outweigh the many problems with the Zodiac story. Don Falk committed his version of events to paper in a scratch memo kept in the SFPD files. Falk's memo surfaced long ago and has been available to the public. The available information indicates that Eric Zelms did not write any memo about this incident. Inspector Dave Toski via Graysmith's account, talked to Zelms, and Zelms said that he did not think the incident was anything important. A Zelms memo would be invaluable evidence if his version of events somehow contradicted Bauk's story or contained the truth about stopping and releasing the Zodiac. Toski apparently never mentioned any memo written by Zelms and never offered any indication that Zelms said anything to contradict Bauk's account. If Toski did document the Zelms account and suppress that information, then Toski withheld information which was vital to the investigation. The Zodiac's version of events was simple and compelling. Two police officers stopped and asked him for help, and he was so calm and clever that he used the opportunity to make them look like fools. Accepting the Zodiac's story, created an array of problems and conflicts, while the most logical conclusion was studiously ignored. If Falk was telling the truth, the Zodiac undoubtedly saw the passing patrol car that night. Later, 
When the San Francisco Police Department portrayed him as an incompetent criminal, the Zodiac may have felt the need to strike back and embarrass police. He may have remembered the patrol car and then conceived a story which would be impossible to disprove. This story would embarrass police while portraying the Zodiac as brilliant and powerful. Officers Don Falk and Eric Zelms may have stopped the killer that night, only to let him go because he did not match the description of the suspect broadcast to all responding officers. Any police officer could make that simple mistake under those circumstances, and many police officers would have no trouble admitting that they had made a mistake. According to the version of events told by the other witnesses, Don Falk told the truth back in 1969, and everyone else conspired to conceal the truth which could help identify the Zodiac. Later denying that he had ever confessed or that the stop ever occurred made no sense if Don Falk knew that Officer Pelissetti, Inspector Tosky, and others could reveal him to be a liar. For all Falk knew, the SFPD files contained police reports documenting his actions and his confession, and those reports could be produced at any time to expose his lie. To date, the only information contradicting Don Falk's version of events consists of a self-serving story told by a serial killer, dubious second-hand accounts, and flawed statements from those who claim to have known the truth but never reported that truth when doing so could have made a difference. According to his accusers, Don Falk was the only person alive capable of pointing to a photograph of a suspect and saying, yes, that's him, or no, that's not him. Yet everyone chose to keep this ridiculously unnecessary secret for no logical reason whatsoever. Some people believe that Don Falk lied about these events because they claim that they would lie under the same circumstances. This assessment of Falk's character is based on the preconceived assumption that he was as dishonest as his critics. Don Falk may have stopped the Zodiac and then lied about that for decades, but the facts do not support that version of events and do not indicate that such behavior is in keeping with Falk's character as a police officer who dutifully served for decades during his career. Don Falk once faced a life-and-death situation when a man fired a gun at him while innocent bystanders were in the line of fire. Protecting himself and using his own weapon to return fire on the gunman would put those innocent bystanders at risk, so Falk instead chose to run into the line of fire and disarm the suspect by hand. Some of Falk's accusers may be tempted to believe that Falk made a perfectly understandable mistake for good reason, risked his career, lied to his superiors, hindered the investigation and the hunt for the most wanted killer in California, and decided to live with decades of dishonesty and disgrace instead of just doing the right thing. Falk's accusers seemed baffled when others reached an entirely different conclusion 
based on the evidence. Yet the version of events accepted by Fauch's accusers was not the most logical explanation for all of the available evidence. In fact, the story of the Zodiac stop relied on many implausible scenarios and required an elaborate conspiracy in which Don Falk was merely a minor player who had already confessed decades ago.